to be in the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord is wherever we are. Is that right? All right. So we're just going to pray that the rain just holds off a little bit longer. And uh, we are going to have us a, a great time of just digging into God's word and hearing uh, just what he has to say and how we can order our lives uh, according to his ways and his, uh, his promises. And so, Heavenly Father, I thank you right now uh, just for this day. This day that's like no other day, this day that you created for us to be able to come together as fellow believers and those who are skeptics and cynics and those who are curious and just wondering who you are. Thank you that we can come together in a safe space like this and just find out who you are, God. We've tasted this morning, God, and so let us let us see those who don't see that you are indeed good. We honor you for your word. We honor you for uh, the things that you're doing in the midst of our congregation, how you're causing us to reach inward and to reach outward and to make a difference in the world that we live in. Continue to do a great work among us. Uh, we love you. We, we honor you. We thank you uh, in Christ's name. Amen. So as we're working out the bugs, I want to remind you that we are in the midst of our series uh, called Secure. And uh, we're in our third week now. You've, if you've been around, you've heard us talk about uh, what it means to be significant. Uh, that first uh, message was about the fact that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. And then we moved on the following week uh, to talk about what it meant to be effective and that the God who began a good work in us, that he was going to be faithful, that he would indeed complete that good work. And now, today, uh, we are talking about uh, what it means to be upgraded. And so today, I don't know what comes to your mind when you think about the word upgraded, but that's our focus today, uh, indeed, in our title of our message. And in a little bit, we're going to dig into the scripture, and we're going to uh, look at an upgraded story about how God transformed uh, lives in the midst of a, of a difficult situation. Uh, but before we do, uh, I don't know about you, but I love an upgrade situation I don't know if you ever had this experience. You go to the uh, to the rental car place. You go and you need to rent an automobile for a trip. You pull in and you go in because you've rented the the compact version. All of a sudden you go in and and sure enough, uh, you get an upgrade to the luxury edition. Uh, that happened to me once, and I tell you, it was a wonderful experience. I didn't like the gas that I had to pay for to fill up that tank, but I enjoyed the upgraded experience. I don't know if you've had upgraded experiences or not, but I remember uh, as a young missionary with my family of six, and we were. Uh, heading back to uh, a third world country to serve uh, for Christ. And uh, we went to the airport, uh, and sure enough, uh, we had tickets that were purchased for us, and we were on standby and talked with uh, a lady at the counter, and, and we went and sat and patiently sat, and all of a sudden she came over and says, we actually indeed have seats for you guys, but you have been upgraded uh, to first class. And so uh, for the first time, my family of six got a chance to sit up front in that upgraded cabin, uh, it was just an amazing experience. I got to taste that little champagne uh, that they were serving, and it was a wonderful experience. Uh, and, and so I know what it means to be upgraded. Now, uh, those of you who don't know me, my name is Daryl Davis, and I'm the uh, outreach uh, director here at Cacho Presbyterian Church. And, and for the past five years or so, however, uh, I've been a house flipper. And so being a real estate agent, I've been involved in the process of transforming houses and turn flipping houses and, and, and creating out of chaos something that's wonderful and beautiful. And so part of that process is taking something uh, that's in pretty rough shape and causing an upgrade to take place and causing it to be beautiful. And make no mistake about it, long before uh, there's an upgrade, it always looks like there's a downgrade. Uh, I, I know how it is when you walk in in the beginning and, and you look at the house and 
and, and you go into the kitchen, which is usually where we start, and all of a sudden we start tearing things out, and it always looks worse before it gets better. It always looks worse before it gets better. And so today, we're going to take a look at a, a passage in Scripture and how it looked like it was a, a downgrade. In fact, it was a downgrade, but God was using that downgrade uh, to bring about an upgrade. And so we're going to take a look at that passage real quick. We're going to look at three particular people, three characters that dealt with the downgrade situation, the downgrade in the midst of discouragement and how they witnessed the beauty of an upgrade. So let's take a look, if you will, at John 11, uh, verse 1. And in John 11, here's, here's where we'll start, and here's what it says. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. And so, and so what you're going to find out as we begin to read a little further is that he was not just sick, but Lazarus indeed was going to die. And so it says, now, a man named Lazarus was sick, and he was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. And so it says, so, her, so the sisters sent word to Jesus. And so here's what they did. They, 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 they weren't able to send a text message or send an Instagram message, but they sent word to Jesus through a messenger. And they said this, Lord, the one you love is sick. The one you love is what they told Jesus through that messenger is sick. And so they received some very bad news, Jesus did, uh, in the midst of a situation that he was going about doing good things. He received some very bad news. And so I can't help but think about the situation we're in right now with COVID-19. And I can imagine that many of you have in turn received some very bad news about the loved ones that you care about and that you support. And perhaps you too know what it is to receive some bad news that the ones that you love are sick. And so maybe it's with COVID-19 or maybe it's that other C word that we don't like to mention. But maybe some very bad things have occurred in your life. Maybe maybe the job that you love didn't turn out the way that you thought it would. Or maybe the dream house that you love, maybe that dream house is in the midst of a foreclosure decision situation because of the difficulties related to cover. Maybe, maybe your dream marriage is turning into what appears to be a nightmare. And I wonder if you can identify with Mary and her, his, her sister Martha who sent word to Jesus saying that the one you love is sick. Now, we know that Jesus loves us, that God loves us dearly, and that we know that Jesus from Scripture dearly loved his friend Lazarus. And you would have thought that Jesus would have came running quickly to where Lazarus was uh, to, to change his situation uh, from bad to better. Now, we saw through Scripture, Mary and Martha, they knew through reading the Word of God that often Jesus went about doing good, healing those who were sick, causing those who were bound to be set free. And now his very friend Lazarus was sick, and they sent word saying, the one that you love is sick. Now, one of the big misunderstandings that we have in, in Christendom today is that if we are those who follow Christ, if we are those who believe in Jesus, that there won't be any bad things that will come our way. But I want you to know, if you haven't already experienced some bad things, that bad things still happen to good people. Okay, so now in the story, now in the middle of all of this, Jesus says something that's really amazing. And we'll look at it in verse 4. You'll have the scriptures in your bulletin if you have a bulletin with you. Right in verse 4, Jesus says something really amazing. Here's what he says. When he heard this news, when he heard the news that Lazarus was sick, this is what he said. This sickness will not end in death. And then he said this. No, it's for what? He, for God's glory, so that the Son, God's Son, may be glorified through it. It's for God's glory is what Jesus says, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. 
And so the very thing that they thought would have never uh, come their way, that they would have never had to experience such a situation like this, and perhaps the very thing that you thought would have never come to your doorstep, that very thing God will in fact use to bring glory to himself. And that may not seem like good news, but that in fact is the good news of the word of God. And so let's look at this story a little bit further, and and I'm going to track through and give you a summary of the rest of the verses, verses 5 through 14. I want to encourage you to go and read that on your own. But basically, after Jesus heard the good news, everybody believed that Jesus was going to head to Bethany. He was going to show up and that he would come to to the aid of his close friend Lazarus and that he would be healed. But guess what Jesus did? Jesus did what he does in your life and in my life oftentimes. Jesus did absolutely nothing. I don't want to sugarcoat it for you. Jesus did absolutely nothing. And I know like you, maybe you've heard like me that that the old statement that says he may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. Not in this situation. Jesus didn't come when they wanted him. And when he did come, he was not on time. The Bible tells us, if you read further, that it took two days before he ever showed up. And so Mary and Martha were freaking out. They were they were upset and they, they, were, they were just there. And Jesus was back over in Judea and he was hanging out and he was not coming the way that they thought he would when they thought he would. And then later on, Jesus said to his close friends, eventually he said this, Lazarus has fallen asleep and so let's go to him because I need to wake him up. Now, the disciples weren't the brightest bears in the woods and so they thought that perhaps Jesus meant that Lazarus was really sound asleep. But in fact, Jesus was saying that he was in fact dead. And so Jesus went on to say, no, in verse 14, Jesus said it plainly, Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is dead. And then in verse 15, it says this, and for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. And so we're going to look at those three characters that they were involved in this story. We're going to look at Mary and Martha, and we're going to look at, in fact, one of his disciples, Thomas. We're going to look at what they had to say when Jesus decided that it wasn't time for him to go just yet. And so let's start off by looking at Thomas. And so when Jesus decided that he was going to go, Thomas, and we know Thomas is what? Doubting Thomas, right? We've been hearing that our whole lives, that Thomas is this guy who's a cynic. He's, He's always being sarcastic and doubtful. And so doubting Thomas said this, Lord Jesus, here's what I'm thinking. You want us to go where Lazarus is, And you want us to go see this dead man. But do you understand, Jesus, that they already said that if we go back to Judea, that they are, in fact, they're going to kill us. So Lazarus had an attitude, and what he needed was an attitude upgrade. And so he had this mindset, this attitude that says, what? And he didn't really say it to Jesus. He looked, in fact, to the disciples. He says, hey, listen, guys, he wants us to go to Judea so that we, too, may end up dead. Let's look at it in verse 16. He says this, let us also go that we also may die with him. Do you hear and do you see the sarcasm in Thomas's voice as he talks about the fear that he had that he himself would be killed and that would die along with Lazarus? And so Thomas, he needed an upgrade with his attitude. And so let's look a little bit further. We can look at Mary, who was Lazarus' sister. Mary, uh, who was there with Jesus before, who had spent many times sitting around and talking and fellowshipping with Jesus. Now Mary found herself in need of an upgrade in the area of her discouragement. Mary sat back and she was discouraged and distant and she was in despair because her brother Lazarus had died. And I can understand that despairing situation. And the Bible tells us in verse 20 that when Martha heard that Jesus was finally coming, 
that she went out to meet him. But what did Mary do? The Bible says that Mary, she stayed at home. Martha went out to the gates to meet Jesus, but Mary stayed at home. And why did she stay at home? Mary stayed at home because she was discouraged. She was, she was downtrodden. She was in despair. And, she, and she, she had a why bother attitude. I mean, why bother? Go, why, why did he show up right now? We, we sent word to him to come two days ago, in fact. And now he finally comes and shows up on the scene. Why even bother go out to meet him? And so perhaps you can identify with, with Mary in this situation. Maybe, maybe you have a why bother attitude sometimes in dealing with the difficulties that come in, in your life. And maybe you understand what it means to be discouraged like Mary was. And you wonder sometimes, why even bother? Maybe some of you even have that attitude when it comes to church. Why bother coming to church? After all, bad things happen to people in church. People criticize and talk about people and treat people badly in church just like they do outside of the church. And so Mary had a why bother attitude, and she did an upgrade in her attitude uh, from discouragement and, to, and despair and to receive uh, the love and the care that Jesus wants to show when he did finally arrive on the scene. And so now let's consider Martha as we move along really quickly here. Martha, as I said before, she made her way uh, to the gate where Jesus was as he was arriving on scene. Uh, but Martha was disappointed. She was angry, and she needed an upgrade in her heart uh, in her area of disappointment. It says in verse 17, if we look back, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had been already dead in the tomb for four days. So for four days, we see here that Martha had moaned and groaned and had grieved the death of her brother Lazarus. For four days, he was already in the tomb, four days dead. Then verse 21, Martha said this, Lord, if you had been here, my brother, he would not have died. If you had been here, Lazarus would still be alive today. You see, Martha was disappointed. She was discouraged, and she needed an upgrade in her heart uh, to move closer to her passion for Jesus. But the good news is that Martha didn't stay there. If we read a little bit longer, a little bit further down in the passage, Martha transitions to verse 22, where she says, But even now, even now I know God. God can do whatever he wants through you, Jesus. Even now, he can cause a miracle to take place, even now in the midst of of the tough situation. And so as we move to a close, as the rains begin to fall, I want to encourage you that even now, God can still do a miracle in your situation as he did with Mary and Martha and with Lazarus. And so later on, as we begin to read the story, you'll see that Jesus did an amazing, miraculous thing. He looked out to his disciples, to those who had gathered there, even those who were discouraged and dismayed. And he said, roll the tomb away. And he called forth to Lazarus with a loud voice. He said, Lazarus, come out. And the Bible says that Lazarus did come forth. He came forth, and in verse 44 it says this, that the dead man came out, his hands and his feet wrapped with linen cloths, his face covered around about. And Jesus said to him, take off the grave cloths and let him go. And so today, I want to encourage you today uh, with just a short message to know that God cares about your situation. He cares about your discouragement. He cares about your state of despair. And he calls out to you still today, even as he did with Lazarus, to come forward, to not stay in a state of despair and discouragement, but to receive the upgrade that he has for you uh, through his son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Bow your heads with me as we close. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for today, for the opportunity 
to be able to gather here uh, and to, to worship you and to take a, a look at your word. God, may we go forth uh, from here and dig deeper into this passage and see and hear what you have to say about how even in the midst of our pain and our struggle, uh, you can yet do a miracle. But God, even if you don't, we will still love you and we will trust you. We bless you this day forevermore in Christ's name. Amen. Hey guys, uh, today, uh, as you go forth in the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to go forth into our world that's full of despair, full of discouragement, and to be the light and to be the hope in the world that the world needs. So go in peace and be makers of peace. God bless you all.